and welcome to the Write for Your Life podcast, a show about creative writing, copywriting, reading and the ever-changing publishing industry. Bandwidth for March has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5 and they really are fantastic. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and do let them know that you heard all about them here on 5x5. I'm Donna Sorensen. And I'm Ian Broom. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is our grand finale show before I pop a baby out of my tummy. That's true. You do have a baby in your tummy right now and it's going to come absolutely flying out very shortly. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I, I just want to uh, let everyone know that we're periscoping right now, or I'm periscoping right now. I'm looking at the periscope periscope window of phone, phone window. Window um, of opportunity. What, are you looking at your own face? I am, I am looking at my own face and three other people are looking at my face as well. And those people deserve a huge medal. I don't know who they are. Um, I don't know why they're doing it, but it's, it's greatly appreciated. Let's assume that they typically listen to the podcast. Um, and, uh, and what, so when I say the word periscoping, Donna, what does that mean to you? Yes. Well, I, it was interesting, isn't it? That when we were setting up, you said periscoping is not a real word. And uh, I just did a quick little check. And uh, Urban Dictionary has a wonderful definition of periscoping. Um, and I, I just wonder whether we should maybe refrain from using it if this is actually what the wider world think it is. Um, I, I think I think you should read the Urban Dictionary definition of periscoping out loud on this. What have we got to lose? We can just put the explicit tag on the last So last if, I, if I just read it out, you're going to beep over the beepy words. Mm, I don't know if I can be bothered to do the beeping. <laughs> okay, I'll beep it myself. Okay, everybody, periscoping. Um, if you're not uh, live streaming your face and distracting yourself on your Twitter feed, you are uh, whipping your um, man member out whilst fully... Um, I don't even know whether I can say this word. I'm going to say excited. Placing it carefully between your tummy and the elastic of your underwear. Man member you went for. I did. That's good, wasn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. As clean as a whistle. Clean no one's going to be. as a whistle. Um, yes. And, oh, maybe we should just quickly, because, I mean, we're talking about cleaning. No. Should we talk about clean reader now or later, Ian? What do you think? There's so much to do in the last show. I think that we've... I, well, we should talk about clean reader. I, I don't think there could be a better introduction to clean reader than referring to one's man member. Um, (laughs) so we should do that but maybe very briefly talk about what's to come in the rest of this 50 odd minutes absolutely so because we're feeling a little bit nostalgic it is our uh, last show before a break and we're not sure how long we're going to have as a break but um, we're going to be doing little bits and bobs of we talked about last week writing projects I will be you know well you all know all our listeners know what I'll be doing if I'm going to have a baby poo and nappies and all that kind of stuff um so we we're a bit nostalgic we we thought maybe we'd just talk quickly about our highlights um from our recordings over the last year or so that we've been doing this together because it has been good fun and we're also going to provide a list for you all 10 things that our listeners that's you hello everybody should be doing while we're on our break that's all to come as well as to 
Did I miss anything out, Ian? I don't think so. Fantastic. Shall we return then to Clean Reader? Just to start things off, because it is quite, it's quite an interesting little news nugget from this week for, uh, for writers out there. Um, a new app. I'm, I'm not sure if you have read about it in the news, have you, Ian? I am very familiar with Feeder, uh, not Feeder Reader, I'm familiar with uh, Clean Reader. I've been reading about it on Chuck Bendig's blog. Oh, yes. Um, and, um, yeah. And I also follow Joanne Harris on Twitter and, um, and I follow her blog on Tumblr as well. So I am familiar with the Clean Reader fiasco. Yes, um, I heard Joanne Harris on Radio 4 this morning and um, she's not I, happy. I didn't, I didn't realise that it had made the radio. It has made the radio, yes. So Clean Reader is a new app that apparently comes from an Idaho-based couple um, where you can censor your e-books um, on the iOS and Android and it's going to remove swear words for you. There are apparently different levels that you can set it to um, and you can end up blocking out words like breasts. That might not be appropriate for uh, for your own ears and eyes. Um, it's just quite incredible, really. And uh, is it legal? Um, well, see, that's the interesting bit, isn't it? The, the legalities of it. Um, actually, that's not the most interesting bit, but it is interesting that, that this has managed to get through um, the app stores, uh, well, both the Google Play Store and the um, you know the Apple App Store both are, are have this app in Clean Reader, and um, you would think that the first thing you would check is the legalities of it because they are. I guess that the way they're getting around it. So as I, as I understand it, the way it works is that you you can download you know any old any ebook that's available on there, um, which which I believe has been most of them. Um, and and it's the normal version. It's the version of the ebook that you would, ex, you know, the version. But if you want to read it in inverted commas cleanly, you can flick a switch and it replaces all the words that it considers obscene with alternative words. So I wonder if the legalities of it are that actually, you know, people are still buying the the real books with the real words in, and um, and the 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 clean part of it is an optional thing. So I wonder if that's how they're getting around the legalities of it. But it's still morally bankrupt and completely ludicrous. And, um, and, and you know, Joanne Harris is absolutely right in everything I've seen her mm. uh, say or, 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 or write about it so far. It's just crazy, the idea. Like, the notion of it, that it's even... Like, they've, their, their responses to the criticism, which has basically been, how dare you change our words, as, you know, we're... You know, it's not... <laughs> but apart from, apart from the moral side of things, where, you know... Dis- freedom of speech and all that kind of thing. There is a there is a genuine copyright issue, and you know I chose the words in my book for a reason. And there are some, there are some. Uh, the odd, there's not many, but there are some swear words in my book. But one of the one of the things that um, is kind of I find offensive, and I don't use that term lightly. But one of the things that I find offensive is that they're changing. Is the choice of words that they're changing. So if it was just sort of f's and F's and C's and and um, all kind of other words, then you know the strong stuff. Uh, then you kind of can say, 
you can you can kind of <laughs> you can't understand it it's all wrong it's all wrong to change anything but you kind of go okay fine but changing like body parts is just it's dogma isn't it it's like there's a certain there's a certain kind of creepiness about the idea of changing especially did you have you read that there are three or four different words referring to female body parts that are all changed to bottom so vagina if you if you're offended by the word vagina then just use clean reader and it'll change that to bottom yeah not the same thing i mean i've not done i've not done my uh it's been a while since i did my anatomy and physiology work but i don't think they're the same thing <laughs> they i can tell you they certainly are not um yes i i mean i i don't even really know what to say about it it is just so it's it's so offensive Oh, oh, it's so offensive. Do you think? Do you think that's the right word? I've, I've been trying to. I've, the I, bits I I've think been re- it's offensive to to that somebody somebody has the right. I mean, you have the right not to buy a book and read a book, but you don't have a right to change the words in a book because your idea of morality says that this is not okay. Your your morality can allow you to make the free choice to buy a book or not buy a book. I mean, this is just. It's. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I can't see how it's legal. I just cannot see how it's legal. You know. I mean that that, that it's. Who were, uh, actually Joanne Harris was saying some really good things on the radio as well as as what you've been following online. But you know, it is literally like when people go into galleries and kind of put sticky tape over body parts and stuff. It's. I mean, there are so many problems in the world, and there are so many people doing so many bad things. If people really think that it comes from reading a book and actually being exposed to the word vagina or the word beep, beep, see, I'm not going to say them, <laughs> then um, then I don't think there's any hope for us as a, as a human race because we're just, it's, it, I think it's just a distraction from the serious issues there are and the serious problems we have in all our societies. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, it's just that the whole thing is just, Barmy, and I can't believe that it's got through the App Store mm. um, uh, thingamajigs. Absolutely. Well, we shall see what happens with Clean Reader, whether it survives, whether it gets taken off, or yeah, whether it just kind of goes under the carpet. I guess. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get. We'll. We. I guess we're not going to be back to report on it. So let's just uh, finish that off by saying we hope it uh, gets destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, although we could, I mean, we will still be on Twitter. I know we said last week that we were going to be stepping back a little bit, but we will be on Twitter. Let's be honest about it. Of course we will. And uh, we would love to carry on listening in and chatting to people on the Right For Your Life hashtag. That's hashtag WFYL. So um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on that story there. Indeed. I, I've stopped periscoping, by the way. Oh, Why? Yeah, I don't think we actually explained what periscoping... Was your elastic what, too tight? <laughs> it was pinching. <laughs> um, I don't think we actually explained. Uh, Perisc- Periscope is the new app from the Twitter people where you can you just press a button on your phone and you live stream. So the first 10 minutes of the podcast, there have been... There were three, um, and then there were two, mainly, people who were watching me talk to you. But they, obviously they were only getting my side of the conversation. I guess it's interesting for short bursts. You're not going to sit and watch the whole thing, are you? 
No, but I thought it was an interesting. Uh, I mean, we're all uh, we're all writers here. In terms of um, so Periscope, the 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 app is hot on the heels of Meerkat, which does a similar sort of thing, but sadly, and has got a lot of traction. I believe the term is. But um, um, uh, Periscope has got the backing of Twitter, so that'll be the one that we're all using for the next few months. And um, and so the idea of being able to kind of just flick a button and live stream whatever's on your phone's camera to the world who can then kind of interact with you via Twitter is, I think it's pretty amazing. Mm. I mean, only two, we only, we only garnered the attention of two people, but they did stay for 10 minutes and Lord knows what they, what they thought of it. If, it, if it's you, if you, if you, if you, if you're listening to this and you watched, um, more fool you, but thanks. <laughs> um, but you know, imagine you're a journalist, um, or you're, I don't know, imagine you are, who can I think of? Imagine you are. Tell me, think, tell me a, an author who's famous for going out and doing their research. Um, Hilary Mantel. Okay, Hilary. Okay, um, research that is based in the present time, which would require you to go to different countries and interesting places that you could. Oh, for five minutes, I thought it was quite a good one. All right, um, Michael Palin, and he is an author, isn't he? Really, because he has written books. Okay, so let's just say any travel writer. Um, <laughs> Why can't we say it, Michael Palin, eh? We can't, you already have. We're going to go with him. <laughs> um, but imagine you are, um, you know, you're a travel writer and you have a legion of, of fans and they want to know where you are next and, um, and what a better way. Or imagine you're any writer and you want to live stream your book launch or something like that. Yeah. Or a, an event or a, or a signing or it's... Yeah, or a reading, I can, uh, a spoken word night, something like that. Exactly, and it's not that these—it's not that it's not been possible to do live streaming before, but to be able to just flick a button on your phone and for it to be so easily accessible, then um, then you're in you're in business. By the way, since I last spoke to you about those numbers about who was watching me Periscope, I now know who one of them was. Oh, the power of modern technology! Was it my mum or your mum? It was it definitely wasn't my mum. It might have been your mum because she does listen, but it was a, a regular a bit of listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, who was it? Um, it was a uh, Jonas Popo. Oh, hello, Jonas. Oh no, Jonas is gone now. He's gone off to make a cup of tea. Be, well, he, he, he yes, he has, but he, he couldn't hear you anyway. We've been through this. <laughs> yeah, but he's going to listen to the podcast. I know he is, and he'll be happy that I said hello. So that doesn't matter. That's true, that's true. Now that we're talking um, about one of our listeners, do you mm. not think it would be a good time, because we do have a couple of listeners' questions, to just pop one in? I think so. I already get the feeling, that I, this feels a bit like the last day of school, where neither of us care. And um, but we, of course, do care deeply, but um, less so about um, the content of the show. <laughs> Talk for you, speak for yourself. I'm well, going to you, do the jingle. You can't if stop you, me. If you, well, if you think, okay, you do the jingle, go on. Listen, and I do believe that that's probably the best I've ever done it. Shall I it always you, is. Because you, you sounded like you were going to say something else afterwards. No, I was just going to talk about how um, um, I, I like to think there are a number of episodes of this show that we do that people can come back to at a, you know, maybe 10 years in the future and maybe learn a little something about writing or just have some idea of what was going on in the publishing world mm-hmm. 10 years previous. Mm-hmm. 2014 and 15 um, I don't suspect that's going to be the case with my references to Periscope 
Hey, come on, look, we've already just uh, told everybody to avoid clean reader. We're doing our, our public service, it's fine. I'm going to start with Grace McCarter, who is at the Bento Buff. And this is actually a question for you. Um, Grace is wondering, after your last writing break, where you took time out, not that you are taking another one, but you did, at one point, take a nice long break to write. Did you not, Ian? Yeah, I think that she's... I have talked in the on the show before about a period where I was blogging. So I wasn't really doing the podcast in a let's do it every week. This is more serious than than doing it every time I can be bothered kind of way. But I was blogging more regularly. So I guess this would be 2010, something like that. And um, and I decided to switch everything off and, um, and just focus on the book. Um, the difference, though, the difference between then and now is that then, if I remember rightly, um, I had... Well, first of all, I was quite close to finishing. So I had this fantastic goal to aim towards and that was the end um, I have that goal now but I'm still fair, a fair distance away from that um, but also um, I, I had an agent and and I had someone uh, I guess someone waiting to read something I can't remember but I, I basically it was all a bit more complete and a bit more tangible whereas now I'm kind of having a break to write because I feel like actually things aren't progressing in the way that they need to or quickly enough now, so I really need to focus. So it definitely feels different to me. Oh, but I, I thought that this, I, what I assumed Grace was talking about, was that time when you actually took a, a complete break and you went and you lived somewhere else when you went to Bath, didn't you? By the way, everybody, if you don't know Bath, if you're not from the UK, a wonderful city in the southwest of England, well worth a visit, um, that you went there, you lived there, and you, you just focused on your writing. Is that the same time or is that a different time? Um, a different time that was in 2005 when I was right at the very start of the novel oh, and that, actually that's what I thought Grace was talking about it could be it could be um, th- that first time when I did have a uh, sabbatical as they say from work so I had two months off to entirely focus on the writing I don't know why I did it I had unpaid leave so I didn't get paid for two months um, and and I really struggled with then because I just had too much time and I was young and I didn't know what the hell I was doing and and I, I misused a lot of that time. But, but what it did do for me was make me realise how difficult it was going to be to finish the book. And it gave me a real sense... Because I just thought, well, two months off, I'll probably... Uh, I'll have three books written in that time. Um, but I didn't. And um, I didn't even have half of one. But that, that period did give me a chance to really get stuck into, I guess, the plot of the book and the tone of it. And I got a lot of things decided, uh, which was really useful. Um, but I didn't... I I didn't get anywhere. I wasn't. I was productive, but in a kind of mental, emotional kind of way, rather than actually producing the kind of words that I thought I would. Yeah, um, and I don't think I finished the question, but but she asked, how much do you think your writing improved, and did it get easier to write? Well, it definitely. I don't know how much my writing improved. I think the second example, so the twenty ten example, ish, um, was it did get a lot easier to write. And it was because um, I didn't have I didn't have children, and I I just had my job, which I got home earlier from work, and we lived in a little tiny little village on the um, in the Peak District, just me and my future wife, and it, it was understood that I would come home from work, we'd have an hour and a half chat and something to eat, and then I'd be working until 
midnight or one o'clock in the morning and get get up and go for work and I was doing that sort of four or five nights a week for a period of about three or four months and um and did you enjoy it um or did you feel like oh no now I've got to go and sit and write again at the time I bet I would have said that it wasn't that much fun but in hindsight I reckon it was probably the time of my creative life <laughs> yeah because I, I was I was in it constantly so now I'm I'm mentally struggling to keep in it and if you forget all the excuses about having children and all that kind of thing it's just the fact that I'm not in it all the time as in my as in my I'm not consciously thinking about it all the time I'm thinking about other stuff too much whether that's whether that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast or whether that's um um I don't know work related stuff or whether it's um potential other projects that I might do or maybe updates I could do to my website or or or, or all of these things um and it's it's there's a certain focus that comes with <laughs> with focusing believe it or not can you can you believe that yes um but we're sticking with say just knowing that you're going to be doing the same thing every night and uh, or most most nights and of course it's the old cliche of habit but it's a cliche because it's you know it makes sense that's not the same as that's not the same i must make it clear that's not the same as uh, write is write just write all that business um because you don't have to write every night in order to be a writer and we've been through this many times just write is not a very good piece of advice it is merely an uh, uh, an irritating instruction but form a habit that's a much better way of um uh, helping someone Absolutely. Well, I think this leads us on very nicely, Ian, to our 10 things that we think our listeners should be doing while we're on our break. Do we have a jingle for this? 10 things our listeners should be doing while we're on our break. No, we so don't have we, a jingle. No, absolutely do not have a jingle for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have just, I think, possibly mentioned one of your five bits of advice you'd like to give. Um, I have. It's um, form a habit. There you go. <laughs> um, yes. So we've we've got. Yeah. My. You've, and I notice here, just looking at the notes, that your five are all sentences. Two of them are paragraphs. <laughs> and um, yes, brevity is not my strong point. Even though I'm a poet. Yeah. One of mine is three words, and the other another one is two words, and then the other three. You know, one is five, six words, and the other two are extremely short. Um, anyway, yeah, form a habit. I think that's going to be absolutely key to me doing what I want to do, which is get this novel finished in the next, uh, over, let's say over the summer. Let's say six months. That doesn't mean that we're not going to be podcasting for six months, but let's say that's what I want to do. Um, and if I'm going to do that, I, I absolutely have to form a habit. And I just think that that I've been thinking about this because sometimes I'm, <laughs> sometimes I'm concerned I might contradict myself. I mean, imagine, um, <laughs> but I say, you know, just write is rubbish advice or it's not advice. But at the same time, I, you know, we do talk about, um, you know, things like forming habits, but I do think there is a distinction. I think that, um, forming a habit can mean anything. It can mean that you, um, you know, if you, if you are, just starting out and you've never written at all and you find the time to write once a week like you set aside like i don't know sunday afternoons then that's that's fantastic 
that's that's really good if you can form that habit and if you did that for a year or two years i bet you you'll have a a novel and you'll feel like a writer you'll you'll you know you will be a writer and and if you have that kind of habits whatever it might be that's the way to go but insisting someone needs to write every day you know or just write shut up just write then that's that's not useful because that's not always possible it's about finding a habit that actually fits in with your life and um and kind of and and making it happen because you do you do have to make it happen and that's part of what we talked about last week and it's what i'm doing now is i'm i'm acknowledging that it's not going to happen by itself and i need to make it happen if i'm going to form a habit i need to kick it off and so i think that's you know if if anyone is having similar problems where it's you know you're struggling to find time or anything like that i would say just think about the, the 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 habit and don't think that that means a thousand words a day just think about your own life and what you can do and then try and find a way to make it something that happens on a regular basis and also drawing on something which you mentioned earlier and this is something that i would like to do as well while i'm on my little break um in terms of developing a habit i would like to develop a habit of thinking and that could also be, as you said that you did when you had your two-month sabbatical, of being in that world or being in that piece of writing. And I don't even think you need to be writing, but you just need to be thinking about it and you need to be building it up in your mind. Even if you're just doing that a little bit every day, revisiting the idea and kind of developing on it in your own head. Yeah. Yes. It's me- mental space. I think that's... A re- I think that's... I mean, it sounds like a very... Um, I don't know, arty farty type of thing, but it's it's a it's a real thing. Yeah, it is. And it comes back to again what we were talking about last week, uh, the idea of and you know, and people have said it so many times, the, the idea of we're not bo- we don't get bored anymore, we don't allow ourselves to be bored and I think you're not saying you want to be bored, you're saying it's how you fill your time. Yes, exactly. Right, well I think I'll share one of my little bits of well they are kind of advice but this is number one for me that I will be doing again as I said a minute ago using my my head that was yours I'm not actually going to say that that's on my list my first thing that I'd like to share as a bit of advice here is um, to dust off a notebook or if you've got a notebook make sure that you've got it with you in some way shape or form when you're going out and about and use it because I, my most productive times when I had my little notebook with me, when I was trundling around and just writing down snippets and, and scratching in it and even just doodling or whatever. And I haven't done it for ages and I've got it in front of me now. And I, I love my notebook. I love the smell of it. And I love where it's been with me. And I think I'm going to use it. So I think that's something that would be a good idea. Yes, I think that's a good idea. And my uh, my number one, I've already had my third one on my list, but um, my number one on my list was um, um, similar but different, um, and that's to decide on a writing app and stick with it. Don't don't change it. Don't think, well, maybe I should try a different writing app and that will help, because it won't. Um, you have to choose what it is that you want to write with and and kind of go for it um what's prompted me to say that partly is because i've 
I'm just getting into Ulysses 2, which is a um, uh, it's it's a sequel to Ulysses 1. I don't know if I don't know if you knew that, but it's um, it's a, a writing app, and they've launched an iPad version. So I've previously talked about how I write on the iPad, and I sync to Scrivener for my fiction stuff with um, a, a byword, and I use Dropbox to do all the stuff in the middle, and it's mostly fine. But it, occasionally I do have problems with syncing or goodness knows what. I don't know what the problems are sometimes, but it's 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 not foolproof. Um, whereas um, uh, Ulysses, Ulysses 2, appears to be exactly what I've been looking for in a writing app for ages. It has some of the features of Scrivener, which is um, a kind of a left-hand column where all of your individual documents kind of are easily found and manageable so instead of the usual you know list of word documents in a regular finder or windows uh, explorer folder um you have uh, you have it within the app and that's an amazing thing um which scrivener provides and it is kind of the main feature that i use scrivener for ulysses 2 does that but it also uh, it also works perfectly with the iPad. Um, so there's an iPad version too, and they sync just like perfectly. You can write in Markdown, so I can use it for blog posts and other stuff too. Basically, it seems perfect for me. And if Scrivener feels a bit complicated for you, or a bit like there's just too much going on, which it does sometimes for me, although I do really like it, um, then Ulysses 2 is the, the way to go. So I've decided that that is how I'm going to write my the rest of my novel. And, um, and, and I know that previously... I have messed around with different writing apps thinking each one was going to solve all of the problems of the world. And they don't. You just spend ages setting them up and tinkering with the font size and you get nothing done. So uh, make a choice. Great. You know, a minute ago, how you took the mickey out of me about the fact that my points were like paragraphs and yours were just a couple of words. Mm. Yeah. I've written down. When I say them out loud, I you know I can get carried away. <laughs> um. Well, Ulysses 2, it just sounds really exciting, but I think I'm just going to stick to <laughs> stick to my notebook and Word, if that's all right. <laughs> Fine. Uh, number two on my list is get something ready to share in front of an audience. And that could be anything, not necessarily the big thing you're working on or what you think you should share, but just a little thing. Um, Sword swallowing? <laughs> well, preferably something written, although, you know, if you want to share in the medium of dance whatever do that but um force yourself to think okay i'm going to read this in front of people and get feedback on it and just do it for that yep i totally agree are you thinking um um what what type of what type of audience are you thinking or should we go straight on to your third item well i mean it depends i mean if you're 10 10 years old it could be your family that you could force them to come and sit down and listen to your newest short story if you're if you're ten years old, then I hope to goodness you didn't listen to the first three minutes of this podcast where you gave us the explanation of periscoping. <laughs> Why on earth? I mean, it, first of all, if if you were a ten year old girl, then you're not going to be interested in periscoping because you haven't got a man member. Um, and if you're a boy, it's, it's already something you've been doing for years. I don't think we should worry for about y- it. For years. <laughs> it sounded worse than it was. If you if you actually think back to what it was. Anyway, stop talking about periscoping. Do you want me to go on to number three of mine, or are you going to do number two of yours? You do number three. Okay. Well, number three was basically find an audience to share it with. Go out and have a look, see 
what's around you in your area in terms of spoken word nights or writing groups or writing courses or anything I mean you don't have to spend money on it but if you can just find something to pop along to and force yourself to share something um, then that's just a brilliant kickstarter for getting back into um, productive writing mode or if you're already in productive writing mode just to check where you are with it and see you get some good feedback and you meet people and you find opportunities and lots of other there are lots of other good reasons to find an audience yes absolutely so you what what number were you on number two i've done three i've done one so i'm gonna go for two Mm -hmm. number two is pick a project and stick with it so number one choose an app and stick with it number two Pick a project and stick with it. So this contravenes a lot of my previous advice. Um, Contravenes? Contradicts. Um, Some of my previous advice where I've always talked about working on um, two things at once, and I have generally always done that. Um, But um, for me personally, I think it's time to pick a project. And I know that there are many of you listening who quite possibly are working on not just one, two, three projects, but but several, because it's really hard to, if you've got lots of different ideas, it's quite difficult to uh, choose which one to work on, because you kind of you kind of try and second guess which one's going to be, I don't know, the most successful, which one might get me an agent, which one do I like the best, but um, um, the, the reality is that they're all there waiting for you once you've finish one so having five unfinished projects is um is much much less desirable than having one finished finished project and four ready and waiting to go and be finished so pick a project and uh stick with it super super duper are we ready for my number four i'm ready on our list of 10 things our listeners should be doing while we're on a break number four. Oh yes um I reckon it would be a good idea, if you have time, to answer the question, who are your influences? And the reason I say that is that when my little poetry collection came out, um, I was asked a lot, and I have been asked uh, on various occasions by lots of different people, which poets I enjoy reading and which poets have influenced me. And it's almost like you people would like you to recommend poets because you're a poet they think that oh look I've got a poet here and actually I've never really been into poetry so this is a good chance to to get some recommendations and because I hadn't thought about it properly I was kind of like um uh, okay and then just just said the big ones that I knew that I liked and I read or, or maybe even the last poet I'd read and I was always thinking this is just so ridiculous I should have just actually thought about it before because it is quite a nice thing to pass on you know if people are interested in your poetry or if they've liked a poem if they've bought your collection and read it or they've come along and heard you um reading um and they've come to you and they've said okay well you know I'd like to know what poets you've read because maybe that would help me get into poetry so I think it's 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 a good thing to be able to give other people but also I think it says a lot about you as well do you remember a few episodes ago we were talking about that um the book swap date you could go or you could go along and you could give a book to somebody uh, and it was your favorite book do you remember we talked about that it was kind of like on i think it was yeah. on our valentine show um and how difficult it is to choose your favorite book if you had to choose your favorite book and take it along um to give to somebody i think this is the same kind of thing you, this says a lot about you know who you are as a writer 
you know, who, who you enjoy reading in other writers. Yeah. So if you've got a moment, I think it's a really great, great idea just to think, okay, who has influenced me? Which writers do I really respect? Or it might even be which pieces of writing. It might not be the whole the whole uh, works of one writer. Yeah, and I would um, just add a little bit of something to this, is try and think about contemporary influences. Because when people, when you get asked about your influences and when you even think about them, I think we automatically go back to either the classics or people from the past. Um, and it could be recent past, I don't know. It could be people who are still writing now, but you know, have had a 20 or 30 year career totally fine to cite them as influences but I think it's really uh, important to think about who your contemporaries are and how uh, how they've influenced you because they definitely will so an example for me is um, I can think of John McGregor um, who the author of a number of uh, novels and uh, short stories uh, but probably most famously if nobody speaks of remarkable things which is a book that influenced me hugely um, and you know he's a he's a, you in <laughs> if I was being mildly um, what's the word? I don't quite know what the word is if I was perhaps in, inflating my own sense of uh, where I am in the writing world I would say that he was a contemporary of mine you know I published a novel he's published some novels um, he's obviously quite famous and I'm not but I think in terms of uh, writing styles and type of audience we have and all that kind of thing then we're you know we're in the same sphere so i think it's important to know your contemporary influences as well as uh, you know gatsby's uh, you know gatsby who wrote gatsby <laughs> yeah, honestly that's absolutely terrible trevor 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 fitzgerald trevor fitzgerald, yeah. trevor fitzgerald. Um, absolutely and i'm currently amongst i have four or five books on my bedside table at the moment which is pick a book and stick to it that would be another good one to add to the list but we're not going to add that one uh, one of the, the the books I'm slogging through at the moment is Virginia Woolf's essay, um, A Room of One's Own. And in it, she just said about, oh, you know, will there never be poets like Tennyson and Christina Rossetti ever? Our contemporary poets just blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And when she was saying it and she was like quoting, you know, really dusty old poets again, I just immediately thought of school. And I thought, what, what, what is it? Why? Why a... a do we look back on those poets like that and kind of idolise them so much? So I totally agree. And I, I would actually be hard-pressed to, to go back very, very far. A lot of my influences are contemporary um, in the poetry world. I think maybe we should, in our show notes this week, we should put in a couple of our like of our influences. Wouldn't that be a good idea, Ian? Um, yeah, that'd be, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and the show notes will be at uh, 5x5.tv slash WFYL slash 153. Super duper. You on to number four? Number four, we better pick up the pace a bit here. <laughs> number four, um, whilst we are taking our break to do exciting things, I think you should write something different. So maybe the project that you pick and stick with for the next few months maybe that's something different so if you are a novelist maybe you try writing a screenplay if you're a poet maybe you try writing short stories doesn't really matter but i think that there is a real uh there's a real benefit in trying something else especially if you've never done it before i mean i think novel writing was probably the last thing that i tried and within a, you know, a couple of weeks, I realised that I was much better at it than anything I'd tried before, and um, and I don't know why that 
is or was but um it was definitely the case and you know i'd have never known that and if i hadn't have given it a try so um have a think about all of your different ideas that are going around in your brain box and um and think about potentially picking something different to write and giving something else a go even if it's only for a, a you know six weeks or something like that super so my last last little bit here of advice is, um, and maybe our listeners are already doing it, but um, I would seriously recommend that if you see something written by somebody else that you love and you think is, is fantastic, this also goes back to my last point, um, just jot it down. I have a little folder on my computer of excellent poems by others, poems that I read where I just think, that is just absolutely fantastic. And... I'm not going to use it to plagiarise anybody. And, you know, I am gathering these things up for a number of different reasons. One of them is is that I like to go back. I have this folder now with all sorts of different poets in there and poetry that I've seen online. And I it, I just like to dip into it. And it it's kind of like a nice record of not just what's inspired me, but where I would like to go. This is obviously the kind of poetry I like. And I think it says a lot about where I am right now and where I want to be. Um, and actually, I have ended up using things as, as epigraphs. So in my poetry collection, I've, I've been inspired by short quotes from people that have led to poems, you know, in the way that a painting might inspire you to write a piece of writing or something you see on the, on the silver screen. I don't know. These, all of these things are influencing us. And I have kicked myself a few times when I've read what like an incredible sentence and I thought that is just absolutely fantastic what an image and I want to remember that image if I don't write it down or if I don't just try to make a note of it um I kick myself I think there's an app called quote book I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just available for the phone or I don't know what but it's um it's called quote book and and I think it's designed specifically for finding and saving good quotes from people yeah it's fantastic and also i've been asked to write quite a few um uh poems for like weddings and things like that but also to, you know to read if somebody comes along and asks you to read something at a special occasion that you're, you're not you're not expected to write it yourself um you know it's good to have your own little resource to go back to as well isn't it absolutely yeah um there was a quote i one of the books I never finished, The Lacuna by Barbara King Solver. I don't know if you've ever read it. Um, no. no. Um, well, I thoroughly enjoyed the first half, but it's a massive book and I gave up halfway through and I never finished it. But there was a quote in that which which um, I jotted down and it stayed with me. I never found anywhere to use it, but I, I like remembering it. She was talking because it's about um, Frida Kahlo and Trotsky and uh, that incredible time Diego Riviera um in Mexico City and the quote is just quite simply he said the word Mexico and there was nothing in it like a wall with no colors painted on it and as somebody who's traveled a lot between different places and lived and tried to kind of get into different cultures I could just totally see what she meant by that quote you know how what a fantastic way it was to describe when somebody says about a place they've never been to but they they're not passionate about it or they don't understand it um so that was just a little example there i liked it it's a good example yeah 
So, uh, so steal, not steal, but you know, gather and save. For... Steal like an artist. Yeah, exactly. That's my last little bit of advice, and um, I'm just going to pass over to you now to give your last little bit of advice. Okay, my number five on my list of five is um, forgive yourself. So, um, I think, I think writers, I know I do. We carry around with us quite a lot of baggage, and um, and and that's based on a number of things, and um, and some people would look at that baggage and say, "That's ridiculous. Why on earth are you carrying around that baggage? Why, are, for example, why are, why do you have self doubt? It's crazy. It's just writing. Why why have you not written for two weeks? You lazy, good for nothing." idiot and um and 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 people uh, look at that baggage which we're carrying around with us and they also think we're ridiculous for that and when we 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 look at our baggage and we say well we've got baggage because you said that to me you great big bully um and i want all writers to think about whether it's time to take that baggage and throw it out of the window and hope it lands in a giant pit of disappearance um because it's useless and i've been carrying around um uh, a whole a whole bag full of of guilt and self-doubt for a couple of years um i think this particular run of the podcast so if you say that me and you doing this podcast is quite a lot of episodes now so that's it's well over a year's worth about 18 months worth and if the if the episodes i did with mike kind of documented my my own personal um, kind of route from getting a publishing deal to the book coming out, then I definitely think we have managed to document the other side of that. We didn't. I wish it wasn't the case, but it's true. Where we've, you know, we've kind of spent a lot of time talking about how difficult it's been to write with new families and challenges with work and and life things, the type of thing that happens to people when they grow up and get into their thirties and do stuff. And um, and my my plan, and again, this is my piece of advice to other people, is to is is this idea of, of forgiveness, of finding a way to accept, come to terms with, be at peace with what's already happened, and understand why you are where you are with your writing, wherever that may be. And when you sit down to write, instead of thinking, "Oh my God, I've not written anything." that I'm happy with, or I've found this such a challenge for 18 months, um, in my case, or whether it's, or it could be, oh, I've not written anything for five years and I used to do it all the time. could be any, any reason that you have in particular, when you sit down to write, try and leave that baggage somewhere else, ideally get rid of it completely forever and start afresh. Treat the blank page as literally that, as a new start and something that you can, uh, take with you into the the future without all of the kind of worry and stress, self doubt, guilt that you might have felt beforehand. Because ultimately, all of that baggage is there's no it's not useful. It doesn't help in any way. So um, do your best to forgive yourself and get rid of it and look forward. Absolutely, and we can all visualise now when we're doing this in our minds, uh, throwing a suitcase into the great big pit of disappearance yes <laughs> brilliant 
Well, that's it for our little little list of things that we, we think everybody should be doing. I think we'd better squeeze in our last listener's question. And this is from Dave M at UK Haiku. What process or tools do you use to capture ideas, sentence snippets, things for use in later chapters or even later books? Um, and you mentioned quote book, didn't you, a minute ago? I did. I don't use it myself, but I have read about it and know about it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, seriously, old school me, my little notebook, <laughs> as I have already mentioned as well. But um, do you have any other uh, good bits of um, good bits of apps? You can't even say that. <laughs> I just make myself <laughs> sound like a dinosaur. Um. I also use um, an actual notebook, uh, especially when I'm in the thick of writing. I will have one next to me most of the time. Um, but I also use, I personally use a combination of Simple Note and NV Alt, uh, which is kind of a fork of Simple Note. Um, that's amazing. So I use NV Alt for a lot of things. Um, it's kind of my default, just scribble something down place. Um, or just copy something into if it's, um, I don't know, anything interesting. Um, I use Instapaper and its highlight feature. So if there's an interesting bit of, I don't know, interesting paragraph or sentence in an article or something I've read online, I'll usually save the article to Instapaper, read it at my leisure, and then use the highlighting and highlight feature to uh, save little snippets. So that's quite useful. And that's, there's an iPad and iPhone versions of that too. Um, See, Instapaper for me became just another place that I didn't go to read. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was, it was weird. It was just like shifting things electronically from one useless folder to another. Well, I and for me too, for a, for a long period of time, I felt like that about Instapaper and other things. So Instapaper, for those of you who don't know, is it's a, a really it's a fantastic app. So if you're if you're browsing the internet and you want to read uh, an article, but you kind of want it to just it basically it strips all the nonsense that come with some web pages, so adverts and um, kind of related posts, all the kind of cruft that comes with a lot of websites these days. It just strips it down to the bare article. Or you can also use, which is what we're talking about, the sort of read later feature where it saves it into a nice archive and you can come back and, I don't know, I guess it's like a a, a to-do list for interesting articles on the internet. Um, and I had the same kind of, that for me, like you, and I think for a lot of people that use that type of thing, that again become, a, like you say, a place where, a place or a thing that I didn't read. But I actually did learn to forgive myself for that. And and same with RSS. I don't check how many I've got. I just go to it when I want to read something and I don't fuss over the fact that I haven't or, 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 or how long it's been since I last looked at those things. That's really good to know. Also, because I, um, I download a lot of podcasts. Um, for example, uh, the Poetry Foundations, um, they do a poem of the day. So I'm getting one a day of, you know fantastic poet poems and I just looked back and I was like my goodness I've not <laughs> I've got a lot of poems in there to listen to um and I'm doing the same thing I'm saying just don't worry about the fact that there's they're accumulating at a faster rate than you can get through them it should just be a nice thing to dip into if you have the time um I think that's what we need to say to ourselves no one cares but you that's the thing to I remember know, I know nobody is going in to check how many like of those little red you know what's the red number of notifications on that podcast nobody cares 
no one dies you're not you're not really missing anything no. um it's not affecting the way you eat sleep or whatever or maybe it does maybe it is affecting you if, if you're worried about not catching up with your insta paper archive then then but you it know shouldn't. you probably yeah it shouldn't it's no one cares, no one cares but you absolutely right now Ian, as we are coming to the end of our of our little of this run anyway and we're not sure how long we will be on our break for um i just wanted to share my little highlight of the last year and a half um we've done a lot of podcast episodes we've talked about loads of things and um lots has happened during that year and a half uh, for us as writers um but what i've really really loved about doing the right for your life podcast is um being part of a bigger wider network and just chatting to writers sharing um news about writing tips and ideas and things like that particularly on twitter on our right for your life hashtag um, I think it's been it's been great to be part of that, and uh, I'd like to say thank you to, well, obviously all our listeners, but also everybody who gets in touch with us, and um, and yeah, so thank you. Um, yeah, but I I you asked you this was your idea to um, pick a favourite moment, and um, I was the same. That was the first thing I thought of. Um, it's it was always been the same since I first started Right for Your Life the blog in two thousand and nine or whenever it was. Um it's those um exchanges on Twitter with people who've either listened to the show or previously have read something that I've uh, written and it's it's those little exchanges, people who have said that something, believe it or not, that we've said has helped or they found interesting or funny. Um and then that's led to a conversation about their writing and 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 yeah it's and there are lots of people who listen regularly so I, I don't think we can kind of name everyone but we know that there are a, a group of around 30 to 50 of you who at some point have you know get in touch with us on a regular basis whether it's uh setting up your own personal drinking game that no one else plays stuff like that is appreciated <laughs> um uh hugely by us and it really is i mean you know it's podcasting is a strange format it does sometimes feel like you're projecting into a void but we know that we do know (laughs) we've seen the figures we do have a couple of thousand people who listen to this thing and um that's not crazy numbers it's not i would go as far to say as some people wouldn't wouldn't even call that a relatively popular podcast but we appreciate every single one of those people and we and 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 especially those of you who actually take time to get in touch or or even have said you know you know we'd be sad to not have you to listen to uh for the next few months or however long it may be um so yeah it's all for me it's all those small tiny exchanges often through twitter but it could be through you know people email uh email us too and um and so thank you it's it's you know really appreciated and i hope that whilst we're off um uh giving birth and writing books have to remind me afterwards which one i'm doing um (laughs) Uh, while we're doing that, I sincerely hope that uh, you have some writing breakthroughs of your own listeners. And if you do, please remember to tell us about it and get in touch. And, and uh, you know, you can still give us listeners questions and uh, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes, been fantastic. I, it's been great being a part of a less than relatively popular podcast or whatever you just call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's been it's been fab so thank you everybody and good luck with your writing endeavors and we shall see you or speak to you on the other side of uh, of our little break indeed farewell for now <laughs>